Hello, hello, hello. We are recording. Uh, Excelente. I'll just, uh, I'll whip it off um, just for the audience. I shall whip it off the hands-free, otherwise it's going to be a bit shitty. Um, yeah, can you hear me? I can indeed. Good. Well, let's hope the connection runs because uh, I'm currently in a party hostel in, where am I? Puerto Escondido in Mexico and uh, Wi-Fi is shocking. So let's just hope we can... Uh, Persevere, pull through, and the audio kind of retains at decent enough standards. What did you say to that? Good? Yeah, it's strange because for the first time ever, it said on WhatsApp, you come up with this like little weird notification, oh, the connection's really bad. Oh, really? You sound like the best you've ever sounded. Yeah, same. That's what I'm thinking as well. It sounds really clear, but honestly, the Wi Fi is absolutely shocking here. So um, let's just hope when it gets. Um, when it gets converted, the, the audio stays, you know, of a, of, a, of a decent standing, of an upright standing. So, topic today, what episode is this, by the way? I've, I've forgotten. I feel like it's six or seven. Yeah. So, mm, seven? Is it seven? Six, I feel like if it was six, we'd know, because six is like, it's a magic number. Exactly. thing is, like, <laughs> I actually think it is six, though. I think it is six. Okay, we'll and say you know six or what? seven. How funny, if it is six, we're going to talk about some numbers today, like... Oh, yeah, we are, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, shall we... We'll begin with the thing you just showed me, so the picture. So for the audience, uh, our, our two audience members in Minnesota, um, <laughs> the you were just, what, flicking through your, a drawer or some leaflets or pamphlets? Yeah, or just, um, just like a pile of... Um post you know like you get like leaflets through of the post and stuff like that you get like you know the local paper pizza hut leaflets all that kind of nonsense you know just all that and uh we were just talking about um you know numerology and synchronicity and uh kind of like the things that people that npcs or actualized npcs or however you want to view your position within you know this matrix um and how that kind of uh how through having like a realization of this these things then become more apparent um or more actualized in your day-to-day -day. and uh yeah found picked up a leaflet uh for wine 52 and i'm also talking about how these companies um uh, aware of uh, this numerology um, and kind of like reenact it through their uh, marketing you know they kind of like throw this out there because you know these numbers maybe have some kind of resonance or maybe even like some kind of strange psychological programming effects like who knows um, but anyway this particular voucher um, was for £36 um, which is a very specific number to give somebody a discount of as we know that we're used to things being rounded off in the society like you know we see lots of um fives and tens because i suppose you know just like the way we've been programmed with like the numerological system is like counting in fives and tens seems very um logical yeah and, um, but, oh completely doesn't make sense, does it? For thirty-six pounds off, it could be thirty-five, could be forty, could be thirty-nine, ninety-nine, could be thirty. Even though that's still a magic number, it would be reasonable. But thirty-six, yeah. it's just putting that out there in people's faces. Three sixes are, of course, six, six, six. That's the aim of the game. Indeed, and uh, yeah, just all the sixes are there. Six times six, um, and it gets you three special wines as well. 
Um, special wines is 12 letters. Divide that is two words. Divide that by two, that's six, six. Um, yeah, it kind of goes on and on. And even their logo, Wine 52, is quite peculiar. Underneath the E, there's like these three dots. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because I was yeah. going to mention it earlier when we were chatting. I pinpointed that too. And you see that now a lot. And for me, it's a symbol of the breakup of society. And before everyone's thinking, what are you talking about? Prime example for those of us that use Revolut. Revolut mm. is like a fintech banking app. And I'm just using this as one of many examples. But a lot of companies in recent times have been changing their logos and not for the better. It's not something that's more aesthetically pleasing. It's not something that's bold or more vivid or, or has any extra appeal to the market. Revolut just had to, you know, an ordinary standard R. It was a nice bold R. There's nothing wrong with it. Everyone knew it. They've now corrected it to an R that is broken. It's like a displaced R. It's, it's, yes. It's, and, and I've seen this in so many corporations. You see it all the time. Obviously, you see a standardized kind of symbolism of like you know, sonic triangles and stuff embedded. You see A's without horizontal um, bar across. So it's just a V, stuff like that. But this kind of breakaway um, kind of uh, is, is very much aligned to a lot of the uh, kind of structural symbolism that you see in many, many countries. So, for example, off the top of my head, if I take Bishkek in Kyrgyzstan, um, there is a statue, which is very common in the USSR, which I've seen not just in the USSR, but throughout the world, which is the breaking of plates. So it's essentially like, how do, how do I explain it? Just um, two men pushing two plates together, two giant sections of the earth or whatever you want to kind of uh, interpret it as. And obviously they don't have a chance of doing so. So it's almost like a kind of, it, you're doing it in vain. There's no chance because the, the, the waters are against you, you know, and there's, there's no way to stop the tide. Um, and I think it's very symbolic in what you've just said as an example with the whole wine voucher, which has that kind of numerology that that you know triple six scenario. And then of course they have that that uh, that letter which is cast to the same fashion, like with the Revolut example. It's all meant to discern that this is the breakup of modern day culture, and that we're heading in a direction which we know to be you know, a kind of satanic, deadly uh, devastation, yeah. which is coming. Yeah, yeah would that absolutely. be fair? Yeah, upside down, back to front. There's even like an upside down eye in in the logo as well, just to show you know, like with you know, with genders and just with kind of uh, displacement of people and just kind of just really them shaking things up in a, in in every way possible. Absolutely. Um, and then like going on with like the numbers, um, like a very important number is uh, something that we get you know told about and something that gets spoken about by you know world economic forums and um just by various people it's about the number of people on the planet and uh you know there are varying you know views on this whether we're overpopulated underpopulated um i'm sure a lot of our listeners will be aware of eric dubai and recently he dropped a video about eight and a half minutes long um on what he believes to be a population hoax as in you know there aren't as many people as uh you know the powers that be claim to be which has been you know a point of contained contention between you know myself and jonathan and we're kind of like pondering whether uh yeah there's validity in that theory um just to give you like a brief outline uh Eric seems to believe that there's more around maybe 1 to 1.5 billion people on Earth. 
as opposed to the eight billion that we're told. Um, I can honestly say that, you know, in the city that I live in, which is London, England, yeah, you can definitely see that there are more people, um, more traffic, um, yeah, just more people, more buildings are going up, more flats are going up all the time, and uh, there's definitely, you know, more of a shortage of housing. That being said, there are plenty of properties that have been bought up in the centre of London that are completely uninhabited by, you know, Russian and Arab billionaires, and they've been doing that for years. There's, like, so much within the centre that's owned, but, you know, uninhabited, um, not even rented out for Airbnb or anything, literally just uh, uninhabited to artificially drive up um, property prices. Um what percentage of you know exactly you know figures to exactly how many of those properties you know equate uh, i don't know the the dwelling of how many thousand or hundreds of thousands or even more maybe even just tens of thousands of people i'm not sure and um you know what effect that would have on you know what people would deem as um yeah uh, a sizable part of the population but yeah um your thoughts on on that, and you've also got some interesting thoughts on Eric Dubai, uh, full stop, I believe, if you want to. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I mean, we know objectively that the technology and the, the intellectual capacity available within the realm of, let's just say, evil, so the status quo, those that govern you know, each and every aspect of our existence, they can pick and choose anyone. You know, people get headhunted from the off, whether they're a part of the cabal or not, you know, from school, primary, secondary, tertiary education. The most intellectual individuals are available at all times to those that govern the realm. So the idea, the notion that there are people that come across as very, very honest individuals that come across as, you know, not being controlled up and are, you know, genuine in their in their kind of uh, uh, directive to seek truth. I think most of the time, especially when they have a platform available to them, that platform has been given to them because either, now this is that question which which comes up a lot, either they are complicit in the sense of uh, they are, are knowledgeable about, you know, the fact that they are, are given that platform, that plinth, and are essentially working to to sustain their existence off of a, of a false premise. You know, they're, they're essentially bought and paid for individuals. Or sometimes, I won't deny it, it's the case that there are people that uh, undertake what they feel is the truth but unfortunately at the same time they're kind of you know, they're, they're very much aligned to the you know the status quo because i don't have to explain i'm getting distracted here in the shower in my uh, <laughs> in my mexican abode <laughs> various distractions happening around me so uh, but uh, yeah, you know, they're just kind of a part of the system indirectly. You know, they're being used essentially. They're, they're malleable tools, and they're not always aware that what they're doing is negative and bad. And they might be very honest and, and kind of you know open with with their, their perspective. But unfortunately, that just might be benefiting um, those that govern them, and that's why they're allowed to have their platform. Again, it's it's not dissimilar to the, the prior example, the former. They are gifted the platform, but they're just not um what's the word i'm looking for james they're just not fully intertwined they're not complicit that's the word in the yep. system um but regarding the whole so regarding eric dubay and the population for me this idea this notion that we're not overpopulated was always the kind of original agenda of the status quo right uh, they were always like, you know there's plenty of space for us always loads of arable land you know we have the capacity to live pretty much everywhere it can be self-sufficient self-sustainable 
and then now they're pushing the narrative that there's too many people and everyone needs to essentially be centralized which is the aim of the game into kind of cityscapes going to the examples that we know exist in saudi arabia which are being constructed at such a rapid rate now with money which is literally coming out of thin air because money itself is of course just a farce it's a falsity it's, it's not real it, you know an extra digit can be added to the computer and taken away deducted at any moment in time so they're creating a, um, a construction project called the line and the line is the scariest thing that anyone will ever see in their lives if they haven't already researched it google the line and have a look at what the saudis are building now it's essentially a reflective block of continuous abodes going through the desert where there's actually no real natural water supply so people become completely reliant on the state for everything and that line can be segregated and separated at any moment so if you've got a line i believe it's like 130 40 50 kilometers long that's just off the top of my head i don't know if that's completely accurate but imagine a, a continuous road and you, you, you implant a roadblock at any moment you implant some kind of um uh, of, of, of kind of, uh, you know, you, you make it into jurisdictions and people are completely cut off from the rest of the world. It's essentially a prison and, and that's the aim of the game. That was the purpose all along from from uh, migrating people from areas in the world where they had the capacity to live off the land and to be self-sufficient and they had, you know, the resources to live without uh, relying on, on state aid. And once everyone is condensed and consolidated in a saturated environment like London or New York or, you know, Melbourne, Sydney, Rio, wherever you can imagine, they become entirely reliant on the state, which is what we're seeing. We're seeing a welfare system. We're seeing a system where people can be squeezed for tax. Property prices fluctuate at such a rate that, you know, the next day people can't afford the rent. And that's keeping people in perpetual with perpetual instability. And perpetual instability is the, is the main tool, you know, of, of the status quo. They can, they govern through fear and they govern through that, 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 that kind of um, feeling in the back of one's head that tomorrow someone might not be able to you know feed their kids and consequently people are willing to sacrifice more of their liberties to pay for the necessities of life people are willing to you know jab their children with a thousand different you know uh, untested vaccines or whatever and i say that loosely vaccines inverted commas yeah they're willing mm -hmm. to, to feed their kids cheaper food that they know is bad for them they're willing to um, you know they're willing to essentially lock themselves in for three months under the auspice that there's a fucking zombified um you know virus contaminating the world now it's it's that idea that we're we're you know we're kind of uh, we're overcrowded and therefore we need to condition that overcrowding to a kind of a, a disciplined fashion. So for me, yeah, that's, I think that's the overview of, of, I don't know if I answered the question entirely with respect to Eric Dubay, but I'm sure the viewers yeah. are aware that I think he's a total shill. <laughs> and then in terms of his background and the fact that a man with such, and I wouldn't go as far to say as, I don't think he's exceptionally talented. He's very charismatic. He's a you know, good orator. But just from a practical standpoint, the amount of material that this guy is apparently putting out there to the world, which I agree is of a very high standard, doesn't seem possible a, with the type of personality that he defines himself as, which is a hippie yoga man living in Thailand. And, you know, in order to write such a number of books and in order to, you know, to be a videographer at such a consistent level, and he's not just utilizing YouTube, he's utilizing so many platforms. It just doesn't seem like there's, a, there's that number of hours in the day. I mean, of course, you've got to account for the research and all these kinds of things and, you know, the editing and the verification. He's certainly not a solo project, which is what he brands himself as. And again, why is it that his platform on YouTube has so many subscribers when people with that kind of narrative are being censored every single day? And he finds himself up there in the sky, seemingly without any kind of... Uh, uh, opposition from the YouTube uh, terms and conditions, it's because he's working for them. It's because he's working for them. Because if they don't allow a sprinkle of uh, oppositionary thoughts, 
then it becomes too obvious that the world is completely condensed in one pattern and is controlled by one system of authority. And for me, he is uh, an absolute prime example of Shillery. Okay. So what I would say <laughs> um, in opposition to that is um, he, I mean, for, for given like who he is, um, how well he's known, you know, amongst, uh, I don't think he has that many subscribers. I think he has under 200k subscribers. That, that's a lot. That's a lot of subs that, though. And all of those subs were, that. I believe at one point. Under? Under 200k? And yeah, yeah. somebody it's... who has like been on the Joe Rogan podcast, like for example. Is somebody who's has been he on been on the Joe Rogan podcast? He has been on the Joe Rogan podcast. Has he actually? Joe Rogan isn't... Joe Rogan right, well that's mentioned... just solidified it for me. I had no idea. <laughs> No, no, no. They had no they idea about him, that. They never let him go back on. And on top of this, he was supposed to um, debate uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who absolutely is an evil Masonic shill. 100%. Neil oh, deGrasse Tyson. Like, he doesn't believe the shit that comes out of his mouth. It's just like... He actually yeah. giggles at it when he, when he <laughs> spews it. Like... Exactly. Yeah, the world looks like a pear. Yeah, it's lobsided. Like, what the fuck? Like, nobody says that. Like, that's literally his own thing. Like, nobody else thinks that. Well, nobody else says that. That's not even part of um, the scientific status quo. The world looks like a fucking pear. It's just absolute. Yeah. Um, uh, this is part of the reason why we're, you know, lost as um lost as a people like you know like the human species is that like people people's inability to think freely rightly or wrongly you know in some ways it's better to have like a crazy person who thinks the sky is red instead of blue because at least they're thinking outside the box and they see this from a different perspective and there's something individual and unique about them as opposed to sheeple who literally listen to whatever you know mr bbc or cnn or fox news or sky news says um what the government says, you know, it's like what the yeah, it's just you know, like what who their favorite, what their favorite politician says. The fact that people even have favorite politicians, the fact that people, you know, it's it's bizarre. Like people haven't worked like that. It's a pantomime yet that you know you've been alive for thirty years, and like no matter who's in power, things go in the same direction. Like you know, people just can't seem to you know see these basic things. But anyway, back to Eric because I've, I've got a little bit of um a tangent. He uh. You know, under 200k and like on a very, very, you know, widespread of like he's essentially the authority in the field. He's 100% being shadow banned by YouTube. Like he, he doesn't come up on like none of his videos come on. Even if you type in titles of some of his videos, they will not come up. Only if you're a subscriber to his channel do you get him as a recommendation or. Yeah, he's um he's definitely been shadow yeah, 100% he's been shadow banned by YouTube um and that whole topic that he speaks on has been shadow banned from Google completely. So he but... gets credence <laughs> and yet and he still and he's not he's not said anything as of yet that one has been able to debunk. So if he's disseminating truths and like you know like I said, you know, when the guy talks he seems very 
genuine. The only question mark that I would have over him is the fact that his uncle was a high-ranking mason. I think it was maybe like a 32nd degree mason. Sure, but I feel he, like he was the one that revealed that. Yeah. That's the problem. He did reveal that, did he not? So we're he putting did. our trust in the information that he's he's spewing, which for me, as I've already stated, and is now emphasized by the fact that, at least I feel it's emphasized by the fact that he was on Joe Rogan's show. The man is, is the epitome of that shillery. But returning just briefly to what you said with respect to you know the viewership and the, the shadow banning and all that kind of stuff mm. i absolutely agree that he has been shadow banned however that in itself in my opinion is the part is a part of the, their system of of um kind of uh, aiding the kind of notion that these people are legitimate you know you build them up and then you knock them down enough that you you kind of uh, erase any doubt in the minds of audience members who are on the bridge on the fence of whether or not you know this person might be a shill or not because they've received that shadow ban because you know, their, their, their subscriber count is now frozen and stagnant it kind of validates the fact in the minds of the doubters that no this person's legitimate and also at the same time you know you can't build someone up all the way because of course a lot of what he says is truth because of course you know when you give people something you know uh, that, that reward um, you know, you gain more and more respect and then you can sprinkle some bullshit in there enough to actually kind of like break the connections to, to, for people to be able to fully understand the reality of what's happening. Um, you know, they kept they put what's, what's like a false flag scenario they throw in from time to time. And I think they do this a lot with people. You know, they can't have someone with like two, three, four million subscribers because, you know, the, the negatives end up being more than the positives from their perspective. Right. Because, you know, again, though, you know, there's there's that shillery out there and there are those lies that are being sprinkled in on top of the cake. Um, there are going to be people that can see through it. And of course, if you've got 4 million subscribers and even 10% of those can see through the bullshit, that's too much for them to handle. So 2,000 subscribers is enough to, to stagnate the channel. It, he's, he's still got that, that, um, that kind of uh, you know, that, that media prominence, that, that position within you know, the, the, the streaming community. Um, but he's not dangerous enough that he's going to start uh, having a negative effect on, on, their, on, their, on their game plan, I would say articulating that poorly but i think the gist is being right so i mean for me he's completely had his legs cut off like he he's not somebody that can make any change like he's so low level then on the other hand you've got alex jones oh my god like literally hollywood mcdonald's (laughs) shill like David Icke, Hollywood, and McDonald's. Show. Like you know, these people literally exactly. have shows, great production. Like they had bookings at the Royal Albert Hall, Wembley Arena, like, you know, like, and they're still going. Like they're still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, David Icke was being deplatformed, but you know, still going at like a high level. Things are monetized. You know, these people make money, um, and they also have very clear. Um, mainstream links um in terms of who Alex oh, Jones yeah, is. yeah. Um, David Icke obviously former BBC former professional goalkeeper you know lots of um and and the other thing with David Icke and Alex Jones is that they both said things that are 100% proven to be untrue like, like David Icke with all this fucking reptilian shit and that yeah Earth was formed by a collision with Mars and like things that are absolutely 100% provable lies thanks ironically 
to the work of people like Eric Dubai that have proved that space is a hoax, you know, in terms of exactly how, how it's presented. Of course, there's something outside of this realm, but in terms of what that is, um, we've not been there, which, you know, can be proven. There's absolutely no proof that we've been, you know, out of that. And it makes no sense that we could get out of that, out of this, um, you know, realm, given that there's a firmament, you know, holding us in. And all of this is, I mean, some of it's actually documented in like, you know, encyclopedias pre-1954. They spoke openly about the firmament. You know, it's just, it's all there in um, pretty much in plain sight. But, but that so, just supports the, the idea, doesn't it? That the, the aim of the game is just to, to slice and dice the uh, alternative kind of historical channels as much as possible, alternative political minds as much as possible, because you have all of these people in the wagon. You got people like David Icke, you got people like Alex Jones, you got people like Eric Debay, and I guess the list is endless. And they all have a different stature. You know, they all have different subscriber counts, different view levels of viewership. You know, different audiences. Period. But that's the purpose, right? None of them are consolidated into one narrative. They're all seemingly on the same page, but they're all so different intentionally, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I think you would agree that we've acknowledged that Alex Jones and, and David Icke are complete shields, completely oh, funded I'm, by the state system. But they that's... themselves have been shadow banned now. So the fact that they've been shadow banned, I don't see there being a difference between them and Eric Dubay. Just because Eric Dubay is smaller in terms of, you know, his, his audience, Wait. is that really... But of course, they can't just have you know. There's nothing. A load of people like, with two, three, four million. Stream. David Icke was Not on the fucking say. Terry Wogan show. Alex. Oh, Jones completely. But we just acknowledge that he got a Joe Rogan invite. Eric Dubay got a Joe Rogan invite, and Joe yeah. Rogan is but, 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 but the biggest Rogan. podcast in the world, and a complete shill himself, probably ex Mossad, probably current Mossad, and um, you know that the end of the game is just it's a propaganda channel like all media, is it not? Mm. So. Not everybody that goes on the Joe because you know probably let's just say the idea from on the Joe Rogan show was to make a fool of himself and um, for people to kind of like see like yeah look at this quackery this flat earth quackery that you know this guy's talking about um, and apparently he went on there and you know Joe Rogan completely mocks him. Joe Rogan wasn't there like oh yeah what he said is really cool it was like Joe Rogan was like you know rolling his eyes and like I think you know it didn't come off well and then loads of videos came out after that debunking his 200 proofs um video which is almost like a, a flat earth bible anybody who wants to understand uh, the geology the true geology and uh, shape for lack of a better term of this realm that we live in um that's a good start 200 proofs earth is not a spinning ball by eric dubai um and since then, like loads of like debunking, oh yeah, debunking two hundred proofs. Like, that used to be like around about twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen. That was like the thing. Like loads of videos out, like kind of like debunking flat earth. You know, Eric Dubai, this that, and he's never had a sniff of the mainstream. Since he was in Europe, yeah, he was on the Joe Rogan show maybe about six or seven years ago. He was laughed out of town. He offered to have a debate with Neil deGrasse Tyson, which never happened uh, because obviously it would have been very dangerous because they Oak Dubai, he's, um, like you said, a good orator. He would have come prepared and he would have said things that are irrefutable because they are. Um, and yes, but... since then, the blackballing has gone to... Uh, another another realm film and also he doesn't monetize his youtube channels either they're not monetized 
oh well that, that's lovely he doesn't monetize it so where does the income come from i mean you know to be fair one can make income themselves but yeah, yeah again i'm returning to the time it mm. takes to undertake such you know high levels of, of work and research it's just not feasible for one person if they're you know who's to say he's not working in a team and of course there's nothing wrong with not revealing that mm. but returning quite quickly just to the point of um you know the idea that he was brought onto the Joe Rogan show to be humiliated and all this kind of stuff. Of course, Joe Rogan is just a nobody in, in the kind of the in, in kind of the pyramid scheme. You know, there are ed editors and producers and people at the top that have more kids in basements compared to Rogan. And they're you know these people are intelligent creatures, and I think creatures is the right word. They're cretins. They're evil. They're you know they're kind of they're malleable tools of the Baphomet and satanic entities that govern them. And of course, the pyramid scheme is potentially endless, and there are people at the top that might not even be people. Who fucking knows? But the producers are still higher than Rogan, and these people are intelligent. They know they can judge a character. They know Eric Dubay, if we are to believe that he's an honest non-shill, and you know he's he's really obviously an intelligent guy, irrespective of such. He's certainly no match for um, you know their kind of open shills like Neil deGrasse Tyson and Joe Rogan and stuff like that. So the humiliation is intended just to bolster his presence in that kind of alternative community because now we're having that very conversation and we're actually you're using that as an example to solidify the belief that he is genuine and i'm not saying it's an absolute that he's not genuine but that's the exact purpose and it's clearly paid off because we're using it as an example in favor of him being genuine the fact that he was taken on these shows humiliated and that's the reason why we should trust him and that's exactly what they want um for me returning back now to the origin of the question the very debate itself i guess which i believe you opened with uh, uh you know the, the discussion as to what the true population of the earth is so as far as i understand correct me if i'm wrong he believes there's what about 1.5 billion people on this planet is that true yeah i believe it was something around that number yeah for me that's so unbelievably insane and i will give examples that the man has to be just an open joke because again for someone to supposedly produce all of these works which do debunk things like you know the earth being spherical and all this kind of stuff um and you know he does make so many great points as do many others that perhaps might be sure but then to come out and say something like the earth has only 1.5 billion people is insane if we take the cities of london paris you know berlin leon marseille even places like Prague with a couple of million people, if we if we take all of the places in Europe that we, we ourselves have travelled to and seen, there's clearly a fuck ton of people on this planet. And then when you go to somewhere like India, where you've got huge cities, vast cities, you know, the tracts of land that one sees from an aeroplane is surely enough for anyone to realise that it's just not feasible for there to be 1.5 billion people on the planet. Like, for someone to make that claim, it just doesn't seem... It's just insanity. It's insanity from my perspective because for me, like just even walking through a smallest place like Puerto Escondido, you know, you say, okay, so there's like, you know, 10 restaurants on the right, 10 restaurants on the left. There's like 50 people in each and some people living in the buildings above. This is a tiny place in, in the kind of like in, in, in the scheme of things compared to, again, these big cities like Jakarta or Delhi or Tokyo or wherever. And, you know, this place has probably got like half a million people popping in and out constantly. And this is just one of many places. Um, all along the coast it's probably not half a million people here to be fair a little bit less probably significantly less but the idea just that there's only 1.5 billion people in all these towns and all these cities and your example of the, the infrastructure i would agree with but i would say there's a different reason for it for sure there's a lot of um 
a lot of you know uh, there are a lot of buildings that are abandoned not utilized and whatever uh, central london being a prime example duke of westminster owns pretty much everything's an open multi-billionaire biggest property magnet in the uk so many places are just you know essentially derelict inside just big mm-hmm. empty spaces but that's just from that's just a business you know, that's just the, that's not for me there's no correlation between that and uh, discerning what the true population of this planet is that's just people trying to increase rents and gain more financial leverage I don't see them as connected things. That said, there is another debate debate to be had uh, as to uh, past populations, which goes, in, I guess, into another video and like the idea of resets and stuff. Because for sure, if we look at ancient cities, you know, take Siem Reap in Cambodia, you know, take Machu Picchu, all the kind of famous atypical tourist places, you know, the Mexican or Mayan temples in Tulum, it's clear that the population that they state existed in these places historically is a complete falsity. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I mean, if we just look at the infrastructure available to us today that, you know, is depicted as being 19th century, 18th century, 16th century, 2000 years old, it's completely impossible in my opinion that take Machu Picchu, there was only a couple of thousand people on and off constructing these sites over hundreds of years. It's absolutely ludicrous. And, you know, again, we know for a fact that there's, plenty more infrastructure buried out in the jungle as a consequence of the cataclysms that continuously exist in uh, accordance to systems of ages that we have, you know, age of Aquarius, age of this, age of that. Sounds very farcical and fantastical to a lot of people that perhaps aren't into it. I'm not into star signs or anything like that. I'm not a spiritualist. It's not my personal um, uh, kind of uh, interest, let's say. However, it does have validity in discerning that everything works in cycles. People work in cycles, animals work in cycles. Nature is a giant cycle and we are a part of nature. Uh, There is a cause and effect for everything. Order through chaos is the motto of Freemasonry and every fraternal uh, subsidiary that exists within that realm. It is an open fact for sure that there were at points a vast number of people in comparison to perhaps ages after that. However, right now the question is, are there 1.5 billion people on this planet Absolutely not. It's a ridiculous statement. There's probably double the amount that they state, in my opinion, which is what, about 7.5 billion, I guess, at this point. I think there's way, way more. And I think there's way, way more because when you look at it on a on a macro level or a micro level, I should say, uh, you know, you go to your own town, your own city and you say, OK, so the official narrative is that there's 200,000 people in said place, but you see it. And there's got to be 400K, just the number of people you see in the street. And of course, it works both ways. There are definitely places where um, you know, it, it can be the opposite, but for me, I just can't see how it's feasible. And therefore, by default, Eric Dubé is a shill. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's funny you say that about you can't see how it's feasible because as I, as I opened, it's like visibly to me, I see more people, I see things are more busy. However, what I found compelling in, in that video is when you spoke about places like India and their populations and... Um, the, the population of India is supposed to be like, you know, one point something billion. But when you actually calculate the official census, the number of people in the, th- in the 300 most populated regions in India, it doesn't come to anywhere near that figure. So, yeah, but the, the, no one no one follows the censuses. That's the thing, especially in India of all places. If you take the Indian population in the UK or just any non-regulated individual in the uk no one does a census i don't even believe as a uk national i've even done a census in my life so if we go down peckham road half the people in there doing a census if we go to blackburn Accrington, stanley none of those people are doing censuses because those people don't really exist because most of them are working within the periphery of the eu or most of them are illegal 
And I can say that as an objective fact, having lived in Blackburn for two years, literally half the town are like illegal residents. So if that's half a town <laughs> half that are illegal, town. they're not showing up. <laughs> no, literally half half of Blackburn is is just non British individuals that are um, that are essentially working there illegally. And uh, I mean, and if we are to say that that is, and I'm not saying that's completely objective. That is my opinion. I believe it to be so. But if we were even to take a fraction of that figure. If we were, no, but let's say even 10%, let's say 10% of the town, right? And we were to uh, to calculate that and apply it to every city in the UK, every town, not just the UK, but the world. And obviously with respect to this, it, we're talking about India. You know, if you go through the slums of Mumbai or you go through the slums of Delhi, how many of those people are actually recorded? How is it even feasible for a government to know how many people are being born in those areas? So a census for me, is just a simple mechanism for which the government can say, okay, we need to implant this piece of legislation or this political policy based off of some fantastical figure that they've just concocted out of absolutely nowhere. Because by the laws of logic, there is absolutely no practical way to discern how many people live in many, many places on this planet. Not everywhere, oh, okay. but especially big cities. It's just not feasible. So I'll tell you what you can do. Um, if you we just look at recorded births and deaths, because you know those figures. Uh, okay, so let's just say you can't equate. I think ten percent is still a extremely generous figure to use. But let's just say we want to use that ten percent figure for illegal immigrants. That's like you know one in ten people, and there are going to be certain towns that literally have like no illegal immigrants. You know, like very few. You know, especially like you know lots of like you know villages. And then you're going to have some that you know, yeah, that definitely do have, you know, uh, a higher percentage. Um, and, yeah, you know, immigration is something that, you know, is in force. There are a lot of illegal immigrants here, but they are registered as illegal immigrants and they are held in places. But you do get some that kind of just make it on the farms. And like, you know, they're just working, you know, for gypsies and there have been human trafficked and are used as prostitutes and you well, know take, take gypsies as a prime example that's a prime example not a single gypsy is registered on a sensor that's probably yeah. an, an exaggeration but probably 95 percent. police won't even go into gypsy camps yeah how i mean the thing is though is that how like do we know like how many there are like how often do we see them it's like every area might have like a few well, hundred like i don't like i don't think i would say there's a I don't think it's a crazy amount. I would probably say, yeah. I don't know, two to three hundred thousand maybe in the whole of the United Kingdom. So Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, mm. and UK. I would say it's a pretty fair figure if we take, you know, yeah. just every... And that's Romany that gypsies as well. That's, you know, Albanian gypsies. That's Irish travellers. Yeah. But that's, that's one cultural group. So let's yeah. take the Pakistanis, right? Let's take the Indians. Let's take people from North Africa. Let's take people from Europe. Let's take people from Poland, Bulgaria. All of these people have the freedom. Well, many of them have the freedom to move or did within the, the mm. kind of periphery of the so-called European Union, the, the fascist yep. entity. And the Commonwealth. fucking dystopian yeah. Commonwealth to move in. And um, let's not, you know, beat around. But we know for sure that the main object of moving to Europe is certainly not for the weather not for the culture because the culture is so dissimilar you're coming from a place which is very unified in terms of family the food's fucking great the weather's often great the reason people mm. move to europe is because they're poor and they need money period absolutely Full stop. End of 100 percent like, yeah, yeah, exactly. but 90 something but 90 95 percent. so people are going to do absolutely anything they can 
to twiddle the system as much to their favor. People will literally spew out babies. Again, we, we have this belief in the West that, you know, life has yeah. you know, at least a value for most people. Do. But in many cultures, they don't give a fuck. A baby is simply a tool. It's just a tool. You spew it out to get more benefits. And we obviously had that conversation recently with oh, the, 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 the British family that, that yeah. had the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But really, for sure. But realistically, the reality is most non-Europeans that are coming to Europe for gains, which we've just acknowledged is the sole factor, or 95% of the time is the sole factor for their migration, will do absolutely anything to, to, to gain as many benefits as possible. And in addition to that, they are, they're, they're more capable, they're more competent because they come from communities where there's so many people, it's a lot poorer, thus the competition is far, far higher, the standards are higher, you know, every ounce of rice has to be placed at a certain point during the day to try and gain as much attraction on the high street because every other vendor is selling the exact same in the exact same bag. Now, when you go through these markets, every bit of produce is polished and laid out perfectly, infinitely, you know, under the hope that maybe two or three kilos of tomatoes will be purchased in one day. And uh, and yet everything is done to such a degree of, of like, uh, slyness or coyness, we should say, that when you then apply that to a lazy society, which is for sure the Western world now, we've become very lazy, you know, because we're on the downward spiral, just like everything, there's the up, there's the down, you know, the progression and the depogression. Um, it's just a fucking, uh, they're just like a, a kid in a candy shop, you know. That's why when gypsies come over to the UK and they just see this fucking old abandoned churches everywhere with a shitload of lead on the roof, straight on that, you know, you've got statues that get melted down, train tracks have been taken up, you know, you've got little puny fucking um cases with all the electrical electrical wiring on every street corner that all gets ripped up as well because it's there for the taking that's money to be had they see opportunity because they come from a society where you have to see opportunity to survive you've got to fight for your existence and and you know to not take advantage of a welfare system which is willing to give money for things that are so mundane to them like spewing out another kid i mean that sounds really shocking i'm not applying this to everyone but that's very realistic um the idea that there is not a shitload of people that aren't registered in the UK is insane. Is that that's my opinion? I think there's a but, lot, a lot. But, but in <laughs> order to get these said benefits, you need to be registered. So they are. You're right. They are coming over and having children, and they're registering some of them yeah, to a degree to, in order to get. <laughs> to get the said benefits well not all of them for example if you were to spew let's say spew is a really bad word I shouldn't use that if you were to birth two children <laughs> right if, if you were to birth two children by the way for, for the audience one. my friend spew i'm not i'm not applying spew to specific cultures just so the audience knows i believe that most people on the planet irrespective of who they are are useless like for the most part wherever you are in the world majority of people anywhere are just not i'm not saying they're bad people intrinsically i'm just saying there's no they're not doing anything that is you know progressing yeah. um in, their own intellectual advancement their own intellectual advancement is Agreed. the intellectual advancement of all and i'm certainly not you know taking the stance of the the shill cabal people that create often though there is obviously like a certain certain biological and environmental factors you know that I, i'm certainly not a fucking communist in any way i hate the notion of welfare systems and this kind of stuff because it breeds the idea that you aren't responsible for your own actions. And I think that's mm. the core and the crux of socialism, liberalist, so-called liberalist values. I think it's absolute poison because it prevents people from actually getting off their hind legs mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and disciplining themselves in a way that might or hopefully benefit them. That's why I think liberalism is disgusting. It, it promotes the degradation of society. So I don't want to go down that angle, but I think we have to be realistic and i would say i'm a realist again you can define that any way you want but realistically speaking 
people have to put effort in to achieve and uh and you know people don't and therefore most people that don't are a bunch of wankers and that is most people <laughs> um yeah yeah no, I, I have to agree i have to agree <laughs> it's like people literally will i don't know spend like five years on that further education to still go and take a jab it's like that literally exactly I believe it's gonna work yeah. it's like what the hell which is um <laughs> a lot of people which is a lot of people <laughs> And we go back to what we we're talking about, you know, in regards to just like people with like the inability to, you know, think critically or, you know, outside of of, of the box. It's just like it's it's, it's frightening. Um, I'd rather take um, somebody, you know, who's a little bit crazy, um, who's willing, who says things that maybe don't make sense, but at least you know there's something unique um to that person albeit you know they're they're not correct um something just has to be admired about them and not conforming um to i couldn't agree more with that impose on at least couldn't agree more yeah confirming to their own nonsense yeah okay it's nonsense but come to somebody else's nonsense it's like what the fuck's all that about (laughs) like yeah Yeah. no no yeah I, I completely agree. You know, someone someone's gone out of their way to mould themselves in a way that's different to other human beings. They command respect, irrespective of if I agree with them or not. I do like the fact that they are different to other people. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as to apply that to fucking pedophiles that have got like ten, nine year olds in the basement. They get exactly. whipped. Exactly. Without contradicting myself, I don't yeah. respect the. Uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm making a, a statement which is a universal respect just mm. for alternative perspective. But of course, if this is very difficult not to contradict yourself here, isn't it? Because I'm kind there, of there saying are exceptions for every rule. Ten-year-olds in the basement, but I don't agree <laughs> with that specific. <laughs> they're they're yeah, following that, their dream. Let's be honest. Actually, because you know, <laughs> meticulous thinkers would certainly pick up on. Hmm, so, you know, this and I would hope our audience are meticulous thinkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, because then it goes into ironically, we come back round, don't we? If we take that stance and we don't overlay a strong set of kind of, um, I don't want to use the word regulatory because then we come into the whole fascist territory. But if we don't like really impose the absolute value set of what we're talking about, then we we turn into the liberals that are like, well, why is it? In this exact accent, by the way, why is it not okay to uh, to marry ten year olds and nine year olds? That's what I identify as. And at the end yeah. of the day, I'm a map. I'm a minor attracted person. All this bullshit. And exactly. you know, that's where the line is. And I think the line is basically, realistically, we have to acknowledge that everything in life is an opinion. And though there isn't an absolute absolute, we can get pretty close to all agreeing uh, as a society exactly. that certain things are good and bad. And you know uh, that is going to contradict probably quite a lot of things that we've said but again going back to the idea of realism acknowledging that not everything is absolutely achievable to the absolute degree we can say that okay 99% of pedos or you know that are fucking doing whatever probably should be thrown in jail or killed or something like that you know there might be a 1% instance where there's just something so crazy like the person's fucking i don't know got like three brains and two heads and they didn't know what they were doing at the time because someone pumped them full of fucking acid without them just stupid things there's always going to be an anomaly but realistically we can't always you know we can't always judge by 
absolutely and we just have to fucking make a few sacrifices from time to time again getting into dubious territory with the whole sacrificial you know ah it's okay to kill 100 if 95 are bad or is it okay to divert the train to save a thousand people but you're killing Mm -hmm. 10 on the track it goes down that philosophical anecdote which i think we've brought up before in in previous Mm -hmm. um previous chats but again being realistic let's just go with the flow and say let's get rid of 99 percent of people I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. And obviously, <laughs> we handpick who stays. <laughs> yeah, of course, we handpick. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's our opinion. So that's yes. that whole, you know, again, the, the oxymoron, the contradiction. Like, whoever is in power gets to choose, right? I guess yeah. it's the it's the kind of um, age old law we of uh, but we want to you know survive. <laughs> We hate dictators, but we want to dictate. Uh, absolutely, because everyone thinks yeah. they're right at the end of the day. You know, it's a, it's that intrinsic, uh, you know, uh, survivalist instinct that we all have. You know, we are creatures in a competitive environment where we have to strive to live based off of, uh, off of, you know, pushing our opinion on others. Exactly. Especially if others don't agree. With, you know, that's just the reality of, of you know, biological existence. Um, that said, though. Uh, we, I think we can agree, based off of what we've just said, with the example of, you know, everyone wants to be a dictator, that some dictators are worse than others. Like, objectively, I think it's fair to say if you've got two dictators, they run two countries parallel to each other. Both countries have 50 million people in them. They all look the same. They're all the same height. They all eat the same food. It's the same economy. The dictators are the same age. Everything, every data set is almost comparable. But one dictator wakes up on a Monday morning at 7.03 a.m., and says, okay, I'm going to kill 25 million people. And the other dictator in the parallel world, which is exactly the same aesthetically, with mm. virtually the same, wakes up at 7.03 and says, okay, I'm going to kill 49 million people. I think we can objectively say that the guy that killed the 49 million people is worse than the guy that killed 25 million. Mm. Although, <laughs> who were? <laughs> <laughs> There's still nuances within this. Because he might have woken up and said, you know, the 25 people that are going to be the 25 million people are going to be killed, uh, you know, upstanding citizens. But the 49 million people that are going to be killed are going to be like the worst of the worst of criminals, the rapists, the nonces, you know, and and so and so. So, you know, who who is being killed? And then it's kind of like, you know, you kind of like, you know, unwrap it and unravel it. And it's like, well, you know, you've got like, the nuts and bolts of it. And it's a, it's a can of worms. It is a can of worms. It is a can of worms. And should One... we uh, should we conclude to our audience? But, oh no! Keep going. Keep going. What? Well, we're still uh, on um, it. Before we conclude, just um, one more thing. I just recalled, and this is a major feather in Eric Debay's cap. A topic that he has spoken on openly, which I think is probably something that's uh, got him blackboard more than his flat Earth work, is. Um, he spoke openly about um, the Holocaust um, hoax. He has got videos on this. And this is something that very few people speak on. And I think he deserves, uh, yeah, he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, is, is he, the guy's work is, um, as you said, admittedly, is of a very um, high quality. He hasn't made any prominent videos for a couple of reasons. They're all like very short videos, and all of it's kind of like rehashed. There'll be like you know, eight minute videos here, fourteen minute videos there. He does a lot of podcasts these days where he actually puts his face on camera with like a guest. Yeah. Because most of what he has to say is out there. He's made his, his material. He's like, look. 
this is what it is. Occasionally, he'll come with something, you know, new, or he'll kind of hone in on a specific angle of something that he's covered before. Um, but, yeah, I think, as we know, anybody, and you're saying that he's somebody with a platform, you know, I don't, I think in this day and age, somebody with 200k followers on that, there's just so many shitty channels on YouTube that have got way more. It's like, he's a mid-range YouTuber at best. Like, he is just... Yeah, but the topic itself is not something that's generally popular to people. Going, again, back to the notion that most people are, you know, in essence, just kind of scummy. Um, you know, that does tell by, like you say, the amount of shit works that have, like, billions of subscribers almost, or hundreds yeah. of millions. But at the same time, you know, there are people that are better, and you know, better equipped to kind of, you know, uh, discern truths and, you know, kind of elaborate and, and more charismatic individuals that have virtually no subscribers on you know, that there's topic, people that I'm are aware of them on that particular topic i don't i mean well, well, well but that's the thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they have no it's because they have no uh they have no you know capacity to share their work but i do have examples i do have folders i will i will share these channels with you i think there's quite a few people even the ones that we're aware of take um uh what's her name uh the, the, the lady you like michelle gibson Michelle Gibson, how many subscribers has she got? She's, she's probably not got two. She's probably got about eighty k. Yeah, yeah, I think it's about seventy. Yeah, I was, I was going to say seventy k, but maybe like sixty k or something. I yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how long her channel has been going, but I think, I mean, I, I do Several did unsubscribe from her for said reasons, but I do think her work is even of a way higher degree than Eric Dubay's. Oh, I definitely. think she really puts oh. in like phenomenal amount of effort. Um, but again, we are talking about niche niche subjects. So, you know, I've subscribed to a lot of gardening channels and stuff like that. And I would you know, say this to the audience. The reason I do that is because one thing people shouldn't do is fill their subscriber feed with um, a lot of political stuff. Because generally, it's always going to be negative. Because we, as you know, we ourselves, myself and James, and of course, if you're listening to this, you most likely hold similar perspectives as to, you know, what is the purpose of mainstream media? It's, of course, filled with yeah. shit and nonsense and stuff. And, you know, if you even subscribe to individuals that are true in their in their outlook if you that's filling up your subscriber feed it gets quite negative so i've got all these gardening channels and i've diversified but there's some of these channels that are just fucking phenomenal you know things that perhaps aren't even as niche as what we're talking about for example there's a guy packgoats.com it's a guy that runs a goat farm basically you know one of the biggest goat farms in one of the most respected goat man men goat herders whatever you want to call them goat farm i don't mm -hmm. even know what the specialized term is for these individuals but one of the most respected guys um with you know it's you know relating to his knowledge of the subject for, you know, two, three decades. This guy's got like, I think he's got like 37,000 subscribers. And actually most of those have only just come about in, let's say, the last year or so. This guy's been mm. running for years and getting a handful, bringing out videos almost every week consistently, good quality, really fun to watch, really rate the guy, patgoats.com. And that's something that, you know, relates to farming. And for me, I would imagine farming, especially goats, though it does seem to be niche. There's enough fucking goats in the world to command an audience. People like their pets. I would argue that it's way, way more popular a subject than, um, than you know, alternative historical theories, you know, mud floods and kind of the, the, the shape of our world and, 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 and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And yet they have nothing. And, you know, there's, so I don't think it's, it, I think 200K and again, looking at his competitors, I think John Levy is probably the, the chap with the largest following in the sector. I think he's got, he must be pushing on about 350, 400K now. Um, 
And that's the guy that's top end. There's no one else, as far as I'm aware, that has more subscribers than John Levy that is in the realm of, of this kind of subject matter. Um, so, in, you know, indeed it's small, but also it's a small subject. And, you know, you can take anything. You can take fucking badminton. And I'm sure, like, the number one badminton channel mm. is also relatively small. But I still think 200K and 400K is a lot for the subject. That contradicts myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would say in a world of 8 billion people. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah. allegedly. yeah but we're talking... Yeah, no, no. Uh, I would say 16 billion. And also we've got to, you know, acknowledge that not only is it pertaining to English speaking channels, but also the Internet has been divided so much now. So there are things that I can't watch on YouTube in Mexico that are on my safe folders that you'll be able to watch in England. They've yeah. created this market where they, you know, it, everything is based solely on the audience in question. Otherwise, yeah, yeah everything is geoblock. Everything, you know, they create narratives through the media. They mold people from youth. You know, you're on your TikTok, your Instagram, you'll see completely different feeds in India than you will in Pakistan. And, and in, you know, China's got their own versions and so on and so forth. So, you know, it is, it is I mean, you know, there's so many media streaming channels. And, and again, a lot of people still don't have access to the internet. A lot of people don't even have the time to watch these videos. And even if they did, they certainly wouldn't think to themselves one day on a Monday morning, you know what, I'm going to look at what the fucking mud flood is. Because it, again, that requires all that background information to get to the point where you're even questioning such exactly. things. And it's a fucking life. It's a life of questioning. And of However, course, in a system where time is... Yep, keep, yep, you buy in, absolutely. Butt in, James. <laughs> just, just, just before I forget is that Flat Earth is something that's definitely become a mainstream talking point to the point yeah, where... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, to the point where, to the point they, where it's illegal, isn't it? Exactly. The US, they've, they've, they've actually outlawed it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they blocked it. Which like, says it all, really, doesn't it? It really yeah. states it. It says it perfectly. If it was that ludicrous and that mental, why would you need to make like, a certain topic of conversation illegal? If someone right. came along and said, we're all secretly unicorns, because essentially that's the view that they're, you know, pertaining to us as individuals. They're saying, okay, well, what the opinion we have is so conspiratorial that we're in essence saying that we're all unicorns. That's just yeah. an analogy. Would they make that illegal? Would you make it illegal to talk about all human beings being pink, pink uniforms dressed up in fucking human costumes? Of course you wouldn't. The fact exactly. that they make this conversation, conversation illegal, the US <laughs> government has outlawed this conversation, shows that it's completely true. Exactly. <laughs> to see, exactly. Exactly. Exactly that. Um, yeah, case case rested. Um, but yeah, uh, and uh, I uh, implore um, anybody listening, or three, four, five, six of you, to um, subscribe to Eric Devai's YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you're going to do that, subscribe to us first, and you'll get an alternative perspective on what he says. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, but yeah. by all means, subscribe to whoever you want. That's the way it should be. And actually, you know, the more different the opinions, the better it is. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, I mean, in all honesty, Eric Dubai, you know, he he speaks our language, right? Um, whether it's coming from a sincere place or not, he's a fantastic information resource on many topics, namely earth geology. And um, there are some um, historical narratives that he unpacks as well, um, like the Holocaust, the dinosaurs, and uh, I'll put that in inverted commas, um, both of those, <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> um, Yes, uh, you know, um, just um, as uh, as a way just to, you know, at least to get a ground, and, and then maybe just, like, watch some of his material, and let us know in, like, the comments section, even what you think um, of his potential shillery level 
Um, I would put him very low on the shield level. John puts him rather high. Just let us know what you think. I'll put him at shill o'clock, which is 12, fucking top oh, of the board. Mate. I mean, the thing is, is that <laughs> if he's 12, then, like, I can... Uh, and Jones are, like, platinum 12. They're, like, platinum 12 o'clock with diamond-encrusted hands. As it, like, yeah, that's fair enough. I'll, it's like... I'll give him a 5 yeah. out of 10. If we're doing <laughs> 1 to 10, I'll give him a 5. Because you're absolutely right. People like... Uh, who we were talking about earlier, David Icke and fucking uh, like Alex Michael Jones. Jackson Those are level. top of the 10. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And, and actually, you know, talking about people like Eric Dubai and, you know, subscribing to him and whatnot, if anyone's listening and, you know, wants, uh, wants to know about some extra channels, obviously we'll be talking about them throughout the podcast. But mm-hmm. a few that we mentioned already, and I really do recommend checking them out. I'm sure you concur, James. Michelle Gibson mm-hmm. is fantastic oh, as an information wow. resource. Absolute perfection. Wow. Yeah, wow. I really, really recommend, recommend her. And actually, people like Stellium7, he's, uh, he's yep. into biogeology. Um, yep. Again, very charismatic guy, good orator. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a very educated individual, and, and you'll see if you watch his videos that he knows what he's talking about. And other ones off the top of my head, I guess, just to kind of diversify, you could have a look at people like John Levy. And, and then from there on, if you're clicking on these resources on, say, BitChute or Odyssey, or if you're now listening on YouTube, assuming we set that up, um, you're obviously going to get recommendations in the sidebars and stuff, and it's always nice to if you see a short video, just have a little flick, see if you like the channel, and um, yeah, that's you know that's how I guess we expand as a community. Um, so yeah, I guess should we leave it at that? Yeah, yeah, we shall. Brilliant. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, I think this was podcast six, could be seven, but either way, we'll be there again next week, and um, yeah, feel free to tune in, subscribe, leave a comment, all that good stuff, and uh, yeah, I'll speak to you later, James. Pleasure as always. Ciao, people. Au revoir.